We're into this series, and we're talking about the idea that God is more than enough. And, you know, as I think about God being more than enough, most of the time where I get into trouble is not understanding that God is more than enough. My problem is allowing God to be more than enough in my life. I, I, I have trouble kind of getting there because, uh, you know, I think, well, I, I need to fix this, or I need to do this, and all that kind of stuff. But what I end up with is I'm trying to figure out life on my strength and my abilities and my knowledge and my resources and my, 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 my stuff. And I, what I end up with is disappointment and heartache and a mess in my life when God is just inviting us to say, I'll be your shepherd. I'll watch over you. I'm more than enough for you in every situation. And, and that's what he's getting us to. And so today we're going to be talking about that idea because when God is on your side, it's what? It's more than enough. And, and I don't know about you. I saw, I saw a movie. It's a few years old, but I saw this fairly recently, a movie called Night and Day. Anybody ever seen this movie? It's kind of one of those action comedy movies, kind of silly thing. But, uh, but there's a little scene near the end of the movie that I think is kind of funny um, because it talks about this idea that, you know, you're up here, you're down here, you're up here, you're down here. And anyway, watch the clip. You'll, you'll get the idea. It's short. I like that. I, I think that's what, kind of what God says to us. You know, if you've seen the whole movie, you kind of get it. If you haven't seen the movie, you're clueless. But anyway, these guys have been chased all over the world. You know, the bad guys are after them. The good guys turn into bad guys, and they're all after them. And they're finally just making their escape. And they, they, keep, they have this with me, without me kind of thing all through the movie. But I, but I think that's kind of what God says to us. He says, with me, you're up here. Without me, you're down here. With me, all things are possible. Without me, you're on your own. You're in big trouble. With me, we can make this. Without me, mm, deep water. And, and, and that's kind of where we're going with that. And, and we're going to talk about this idea that God is in the context of Psalm 23. It's this, it's the, this great presentation of, of how God is our shepherd. So in Psalm 23, I want you to read this out loud with me. Uh, just read this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. It's good stuff. It's what we're going to be talking about, this, this idea of God shepherding over us because he is more than enough. And the psalmist says that it is the Lord who is his shepherd. Uh, David's writing this psalm, and he uses this word, and the word he uses is Yahweh. This is, this is not just a little word. I mean, this is a huge description about the character of God when he says, it's just not a shepherd that's following me. It is Yahweh himself who is my shepherd. He, he's saying this Yahweh is this God who has always been, who will always be, who is always the same, who is all-powerful, who is all-sufficient, who is everything I need for every moment because he is Yahweh. He is this big thing. It's a big, big deal. And because, you see, he's bigger and badder, in the better sense of that word, than whatever's going around in life. 
That's who God is. It's Yahweh. David didn't have a part-time shepherd. This shepherd was on duty 24-7. David didn't have a wimpy kind of shepherd who was, who was going to be there when things were easy, but when things got tough, he was going to take off. I don't want to deal with those bears, and I don't want to deal with those lions, and I don't want to deal with those, uh, those thieves. No, God's there all the time. And that's the kind of shepherd David describes because this Yahweh shepherd is more than enough. It is the Lord, Yahweh, who is the shepherd. But he also says that the Lord is my shepherd, and that's a big deal too. It's not something that he was waiting for Yahweh to be. It wasn't something that one day when, when the shepherd's not too busy, when you, one day when, when I've got my act together, one day when something happens, then, then I'll have a shepherd. He says, no, he is my shepherd in present tense right now in my life. That, that's important to me because I say, God is present in your situation. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. God knows what you face. God knows what you experience. And he is present in that moment with you. You're not, he's not waiting for some moment. You don't have to wait for something else to happen. God is already there and already present with you. That's who he is. He also says that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, this seems kind of simple, but I tell you the truth, there's something to this. My shepherd. The Lord's not just a shepherd or the shepherd or one of the shepherds, but he is my shepherd. You know, I, I read through this uh, psalm, and, and I... I, I, I come to a, a conclusion about who's in the psalm. There are three, actually three characters described in the psalm. There is the shepherd, and then there are the sheep, and then there are enemies in the presence of my enemies. So there's just three characters. So, and, and I know this is difficult, but I have come to this conclusion. We're not the shepherd. That's, I mean, that's just it. And I don't think that we're the enemy. I don't think that's who we are in the story. That means that we're the sheep. But the problem is this. If we're really honest with ourselves, not many of us really want to be sheep. We like the idea of mounting on wings like eagles. We like to soar among the peaks. We even like the idea of being a deer or a heart that, that skips along the mountaintops. Or maybe even that deer who comes panting and thirsting to the water brooks. We're all good with that. But nobody really wants to be a sheep. There's a reason for that. You see, sheep have issues. They do. They have issues. They're just not very smart. They're just, okay, I would write dumb, but that would be kind of an offensive word, but they're just not very smart. Although I, I did actually find a YouTube video, I, I had to look this up because I thought, well, as soon as I say they're really stupid and they can't do tricks, somebody's going to say, oh, I found a trick. So actually, I got on YouTube and I started looking for sheep tricks. I, I mean, good sheep tricks, not the bad sheep tricks. Good sheep tricks. And, and so I actually found one. This, this, this lady has, is out in this big field, and she's got this sheep, and the, the sheep is actually doing pretty amazing things, like it'll turn around. 
or it'll turn around the other way, or it'll come and bump a little bell, or, you know, or it almost jumped up off the ground, like, you know, kind of one of those kind of things. It was not impressive. I, I tell you what, it, they did a few tricks, but it's nothing that's ever going to get them in a circus or, you know, get them to SeaWorld or something. This is no Shamu. I mean, this, this ain't going to happen. It just ain't going to happen. They, they, sheep have problems. They're just not very smart. You know, they can't even find their way home. If they could have found their way home, we wouldn't have the parable of the lost sheep. Right? I mean, that's the problem with sheep. They go out and they can't find their way back home. When I was a kid, I had, I had a, a little Chihuahua Terrier mix, just this little, little bundle of thing, and, and, and my, we were going on vacation. So my parents took this dog seven miles across town, drove it in the car seven miles across town, dropped him off with some friends, and we left on vacation. Well, a few days later, the people call us and they say, I'm so sorry, the dog ran away and we can't find the dog anywhere. Well, two weeks later, we come back, we're, we're barely home, and the neighbor comes by, knock, knock, knock on the door, and she says, I don't know what happened, but about three days ago, your dog shows up, hungrier than hungry and looking really mangy, but showed up seven miles across the city, ends up, and got there by car. You know, it wasn't like he sniffed his way all the way there. Got there seven miles across the city, made it home. There's no sheep going to do that. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Just ain't going to happen. They're not that smart. Well, the other thing is sheep are really defenseless. Sheep are really defenseless. They don't have any claws and they don't have fangs. They don't run very fast and they can't jump very high, which sounds a lot like my basketball game, but that's another story. You know, they're just not, you know, they're just not very, uh, they're defenseless. They're not even scary. They They don't roar and they don't growl. They bleat. If they don't have somebody to protect them, they're in big trouble. They're just in plain big trouble. The other thing is that sheep are dirty. They're just dirty. That wool that's so good for us, it's just a mat that catches everything they walk through, that they sit in, and everything else. I had one lady come up to me after the first service. I didn't know this. She said, I used to raise sheep for 4-H. And I got to tell you, sheep are so dumb that, this sounds like a joke, doesn't it? That's not a joke. She just says, sheep are so dumb that you have to cut their tails off. They actually had, I didn't know sheep had tails. You actually have to cut their tails off because if they sit on their tail, they can't figure out how to stand up. I tell you what, who wants to be a sheep? (laughs) Nobody. Nobody. Okay, but here's the bottom line problem. Here's the bottom line problem. If you want the care of a shepherd, Psalm 23, that is a bit more than enough. If you want the care of a shepherd, you have to come to a place in your life where you say, I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. You have to come to some place in your life where you say, I acknowledge that I need something more than me. I I need a God that's more than enough. I need need the shepherd's care in my life because, you know what, I'm a lot like a sheep. Yeah. I'm thinking I may have missed a quotation, but we'll use it now. You know what Isaiah says? 
that we're like sheep. Isaiah says we're like sheep. We all like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has chosen his own way. We're a lot like sheep. And I don't mean to speak to your intelligence or your athletic ability or your ferociousness or your... But I, I, I'm just telling you, somewhere along the way, we have to come to a place where we say, I need God's good care in my life and I trust him and I'm going to go that way. Because that's where it is. When we get into this shepherd-sheep relationship, what we find out is that God is more than enough. And until you get into that shepherd-sheep relationship where we just trust God and we're willing to, to just kind of go with God and, and go with his, what he's doing in our lives, we're really not going to get it. We're not going to get there to that idea to understand that God is more than enough until we finally just say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm letting go, and I'm, I'm going your way, and I'm, I'm going to trust you to do this, God. And, and when we do that, God begins to do stuff in our lives. And, and over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about those things that God does in our lives. And, and one of the big things that he does for us is that he restores our souls. We, we live in a day in which there are a few things that we need more than soul restoration. We, we move around at a crazy pace. We've got multiple jobs, and we're trying to juggle all kinds of things just to make ends meet and make the payments and do the stuff we've got to do. And, and somehow on top of that, then we, we're going to try to do family, and we're going to try to have some activities, and we're going to be involved in stuff. And, and we do all that stuff, and we need soul restor restoration like never before. Because what we find is that we're just depleted. We're doing all this stuff, and our souls are depleted. We're tired, but we can't rest. Anybody done that? I'm so tired, and I get to bed, and I'm, uh, my mind is going crazy, and I can't even rest. We're anxious, but we can't find peace. We're doing all these things that we think are really good, and then we still struggle to find meaning in all the things that we're doing. What we need is soul restoration. The psalmist tells us that uh, that's what the Lord, his good shepherd, does, who is more than enough for him. But this is what you need to hear. Soul restoration is at the core of what we need as people, but it is not our natural inclination. It, it's just not what we naturally do. Sometimes as much as we know we need restoration, as much as we know we need something to happen in our souls, we're just uncomfortable with the idea of it. But here's the good news. Okay. Because God knows that we're what? Sheep. No, that's what God knows about us. We know that God's more than enough. He knows we're sheep. <laughs> yeah. We're not more than enough. <laughs> okay, so much for the first half of the message. <laughs> they missed it. <laughs> God is more than enough. We're the sheep. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Because he's on our side. And he's the shepherd. And he works with us. That's good. 
He works with us. And, 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 the, and the deal is because this is what we need in soul restoration. Two things that we need. Pasture, not pastor. Somebody else came up to me and said, I thought you said we need a pastor. No, we need pasture, like green grass. And we need water. Those are the two things that you got to have for soul restoration. You see, just like sheep, if we don't find a quiet, restful place and take in his water on a regular basis, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. And it may seem simple enough, but, but sheep don't naturally find those things. You understand that? Cattle and camels, they find those things. They have a nose for it. You know, a cow will walk forever to find water. A camel gets the same idea. A sheep, if it's in a dry place, it just lies down and dies. Not that smart. And quiet water, don't you love the quiet water? It's like this wonderful poetic thing. But it's not. It's truth. Sheep can be by water that is abundant, but if they're not with quiet, still water, they won't drink. They can be right in front of it, right next to it, and still not drink it. Because they need quiet water. I don't know. Have you ever felt like that? I, I felt like that. Sometimes I've felt dry and thirsty, and, and I can't seem quite to figure out how to get to that place of refreshment. We know it's nearby. We see other people who are being refreshed, but we can't quite seem to experience it. But that's where the shepherd comes in. It's what we need, and the shepherd knows we need it, and so that's what the shepherd does. And and there are two ways that he gets that restoration going in us, his sheep. Sometimes he makes us, and sometimes he just leads us. Long story short, leading is more fun than making, <laughs> just so you know that. Because I think about my own spiritual journey, and, and, and I, I know I've been there. There's times when I, I get so busy doing even good things that, that the, you just realize that you're missing some of the very best stuff of life. It happens to pastors even. We're preaching and we're teaching and we're visiting people and we're praying for the sick and we're doing all this stuff and busy, 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 busy and then we miss just being in God's presence. We miss taking in food, by the way. What does the scripture tell us this is? This is food. It's food. It's honey. It's honey out of the honeycomb. Spirit refreshes us. But in the midst of our busyness, we sometimes miss it. And sometimes I think the shepherd God, our Father, who is more than enough, sometimes just makes us stop. Stuff happens. (coughs) You get sick. He makes you slow down. Something happens. You have some change in your life and and God's in the midst of that saying, you know, just come apart with me for a moment. He just slows us down. Sometimes we're like the sheep 
And we just need a shepherd to make us go to the green pastures and the quiet waters. The good news is that's not always how he works. Because that way sometimes is challenging. Sometimes he just leads us and we follow. My wife and I were missionaries in Mexico some years ago. And uh, we lived in, our, our home was at the seminary, which is just south of Mexico City. Anybody been to Mexico City? You're familiar with that area? You've been a few hands. Mexico City is a very high city. It's like 9,000 feet. And it's surrounded by kind of lower mountains. And then there are bigger mountains that go up from there. Well, we were just south of Mexico City. And we lived at an elevation of almost 11,000 feet. And it was still in the city limits, but it was country. <laughs> it was just country. And there were beautiful fields of green grass like any golf course you'd ever want to see and, and fields of oats and big trees and all kinds of stuff. Beautiful place, cold, beautiful place. And on those fields, there were herds of sheep, flocks of sheep. And, and there would be kids out there that probably should have been in school, but uh, young kids, you know, junior high age kind of kids, out shepherding these sheep. And, and it was a funny thing to watch them because it was just like this. Because you get there, and, and at the end of the day, you know, they kind of move their sheep around, their flocks of sheep around different places, and there'd be lots of different people doing that in that area. And there was a little town nearby. And, they, and so when it was time to go home, the, the, these kids, the shepherds, would just get up and start walking home. And believe it or not, those sheep would just get up and follow. they just get up and follow them home. And it was funny because you'd see them coming down from the hills and doing their thing, and they're headed down to this little village that was just down the road from us, and, and you could see them as they came into this, kind of had this one little street through the middle of this town, and there would, there would be these houses and sheep pens and, you know, kind of walled-in sheep pens around them, and, but they'd all get down to this little center road, and these, all these sheep would be all mingled in together, and they would get to a gate. You know, they have this little walled-in thing like up at this, and there'd be a gate like back there, and, and the shepherd would just come, and they would come in the door, and, and believe it or not, that shepherd would just come in, and his sheep would just follow him in. And the other sheep, who wasn't part of his thing, would just keep on walking. I mean, just like Scripture. Believe it or not, that thing actually happens. And, 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 and it was just this funny thing to say, these sheep just follow the shepherd. And, and I've been thinking about that since then, and, and as I go through it, and I, and I realize that there's, there's a secret to that concept, to that way that works, and, and this is what it is. It's time spent together. These sheep know their shepherd, and the shepherd knows the sheep because they've been together from birth to death, and they've walked all the journeys together. They know what the sheep, the shepherd knows what the sheep smells like, and the sheep knows what the shepherd smells like, which in this case is pretty similar, so they kind of get that. And, and they just know each other. They know each other because they've spent time together, they've been together, they've walked together, they've done all this stuff together. And most of all, the sheep. They just trust the shepherd. Why? I mean, because they don't know what's coming next. The shepherd does. And they don't know where to get the food. Shepherd does. They don't know how to take care of themselves. Shepherd does. And they have got this trust relationship with the shepherd that comes by time spent together. They trust each other. You see, we have this God who is more than enough, who is our shepherd. And one of the great things he wants to do for us, his sheep, is to bring soul restoration to us. 
And that comes as we walk with him and journey with him, as we spend time with him in prayer and in reading and just being in his presence and soaking him up. Because you see, he is what? More than enough. He knows stuff. He can do stuff. And the big thing he wants to do is just give a refreshment to your soul. Are you hungry and thirsty today? There's a God who is more than enough, who can restore your soul, who can make it fresh and new in his sight. Amen? You can trust him. He's more than enough. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are more than enough. Lord, you know who we are. You know, uh, we do act a bit like sheep. Lord, uh, I don't know. But I just acknowledge that I need a shepherd. I need your presence and I need your help. I need the refreshment that comes from you. And so, Lord, when you need to make it happen, just make it happen. But, Lord, teach me to trust you and just to follow. For in those quiet places, with your presence, your word, your spirit, we find a restoration of our souls. Lord, we receive it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.